Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. We moved here a few years ago, about five, from Chicago. And in Chicago, they have, as you may know, something called the Sears Tower, has been named the Willis Tower. And there is a famous ledge there where you can look far below. Did you guys know this? Anybody been on this ledge yet? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, a few of you have been on this ledge. So there's this ledge, and um, you can just go on out there. It's, it's up 103 stories. And, um, yeah, really exciting. Is there a second picture? Yeah, yeah, so you can look down, all right? Yeah. Some of you go on that? Some, yeah, you've been on that. So here's the deal. There was this guy who went on the famous ledge, and while he was sitting 103 stories up, the glass beneath him began to crack. Let's go ahead and show that. Yeah, the ledge cracked. So it cracked while he was uh, sitting on it, uh, but, but get this. He thought he was about to fall through, but he was totally safe because that's just the protective coating that cracked. There were still three and a half inch thick glass beneath that could hold five tons. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone told me, sure, go, go on, you can just stand on it, fine, go ahead. I, I don't know. I would have some serious doubts if that was going to hold me 103 stories up. Now, of course, I want to make a spiritual transition here with, with, with some of you, with all of us. Sometimes when we're walking with the Lord, we wonder if he is going to hold. Because things look a little cracked. Things are not going the way I expected them to go. And, and God's telling me, you can trust me. You can be all in and follow me. I will hold and we're like, we're not so sure. So what we're going to have this morning is a little bit of encouragement based upon everything that Christ has done that you can put your full weight on God. He will hold and you can be all in for him. That's the encouragement we're going to get this morning. So let's, let's go to Romans 12. I know Romans 12 is what you've been waiting for. Some of you have been Having a hard time with Romans 9 through 11, but now we've come finally to Romans 12. Leading up to Romans 12, we've seen this great gospel proclamation by Paul, who started out with the sinfulness of humanity, all the way to the invasion of God's power in the gospel to save sinners, to justify us, to reconcile us, to adopt us as his kids through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, which is ours by faith. This is great news. So in response to the gospel of Jesus, our response is to be all in, to take that step out, all in, because God will hold. Let's look at the all in words here. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. 
11 chapters bombarding you with the mercies of God. Now, Paul is appealing to the Romans, it's time to respond. And the response here says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. No matter the state your body is in right now, present your body, your whole self, just like an animal would be slaughtered and sacrificed upon the altar. So we are to take our whole selves to God, our body and all, and present ourselves to him, and yet we're not dead. We, We are alive in Christ, so we are to serve him with our entire beings. And my brothers and sisters, I want you to know this is not a one-time event. We don't present our bodies one time and that's it. Because, I don't know about you, living things have a tendency to crawl off the altar, right? So we crawl off the altars, which is our tendency daily. So it's almost like a, a daily presenting ourselves all in. We're all in for you, Jesus. Take our lives and let it be. Are we lying when we sing that song, by the way? Take my life and let it Are we lying? Hopefully not. Take it all, all of me. Here am I, all of me, take it all. And he says in verse one, this is our spiritual worship. The word for spiritual has the meaning of reasonable. This is just another way of saying it makes sense because of what God has done. It makes sense that you're gonna present your all to him. No half-hearted measures, Nothing that's just going to be, okay, God, you've done everything for me. I'm going to do a little bit for you. No. We take everything and say every part of my life is yours. My free time's yours. My fun time's yours. My relationships are yours. Everything in my secret place is yours. Based upon God's mercies, we are all in. All in. Hold nothing back. God, do whatever you want to do with me. Take my time, whatever you want. Take my money, whatever you want. Whatever you want to do, go ahead. Do it. Now, I think one of the problems that we have in Christianity, particularly down south, is that many of us tend to audit Christianity. I don't know if you remember way back in school, some of you have ever audited a class. Auditing a class is a lot of fun, right? Because you don't have to show up if you don't want to. You don't have to do the work if you don't want to. It's all on you. You're auditing the class. There is no expectations of you. And that's how some of us approach walking with the Lord. That we're kind of just auditing this thing called Christianity. We show up when we want, commit where we want, and do what we want. And yet God is not looking for auditors. (laughs) He's looking for those who are all in following him, who put their full weight on him, who are a living sacrifice daily who make the choice daily, they're going to be all in. They're not going to audit this thing called Christianity. They're going to be all in in following Jesus. This past Friday was the last day of school for some of my kids. My daughter, who was finishing up seventh grade, I don't know what went on in the last day of school, but the teacher's like, I have some extra pigs in the freezer. Do you want to, you know... Take them apart. I have no idea why they did this in science class, but they were going to dissect pigs on their last day of of school. I don't know what's up with that. So the kids had the option to participate or, or not to participate. But you know who didn't have the option? That's right. The pig did not have an option. 
for, for sure. So if you are the sacrifice, you don't audit a sacrifice. It's not an optional sacrifice. You're all in. You are a sacrifice. Whatever, Lord, today, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Well, let's get specific. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So the idea here is that the world and its ways are going to try to mess you up in your mind to tell you that God will not hold, that his ways are worthless, and there is so much more to be had in the reign of sin and following Satan. And if you're not careful, you can buy into it. And so the command is, you see it there? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's to be this overhaul in your thinking. You see, before we were saved, we had the debased mind. We were thinking like the ways of the world. But now that we're saved, we're to think in line with the ways of God. And I, I don't think we understand how much the world is trying to influence us on a daily basis. Let me tell you about a way you, you probably do understand and the way you probably don't understand. So here's, here's what you probably do understand, okay? My son, um, 16, went to this full week uh, Arkansas boys state this last week. Uh, it's like high school students that are juniors going to the senior year all around the state, like 500 of them, or going at Conway UCA for the whole week. And so while I was there, he just told me it was awful. And he said one of the things that was going on over and over again is so many people, students, leaders, are just, I mean, he, just, he said, they're just gay, transgender, everything. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And that's, that's the ocean that believers are swimming in, right? It is, it is. There's just immorality, you know this, and this is what... Uh, teenagers are swimming in. This is what the world, it's, I mean, we got Pride Month right now. It's everywhere, right? So you know this, you understand this. And the Christian is saying, okay, my mind is not going to be involved with this immorality. This is wrong. So right, you're going to transform by the renewing. So you understand that. But this is what you may not understand. The younger generation is swimming in that. What are you swimming in? For your generation and where you live right now, what is trying to mess with your thinking? And if you pull back and see what people in the village are seeking, you have to ask yourself, is that what you're seeking? And I think people in the village are primarily seeking security, comfort, and prosperity. Are you swimming in that? Is your mind being deceived to thinking it's all about security? We live in a gated community. Don't let anybody through the gates. We live in a gated community. Comfort, please make me comfortable, right? Prosperity. What is just messing with our mind, trying to conform you to the way of the world? You're not supposed to go there. You're supposed to be transformed by the way you think. And of course, the way you're transforming, you get in the word, you're around other people, but your mind, not only is your body all in, but your mind is to be all in. Where you're thinking in line with the word of God, you're able to determine what is acceptable, what is good, what is perfect, because you are immersed in the word and not in the world. 
So far, so good. Based upon his mercies, take me. Whatever you want to do, I'm all in. But get this. This is what's really, really hard for me. If you're following Jesus, not only are you to be all in serving him, but you're also to be all in for others. I love the first two verses of Romans 12, but they're just a setup for the rest of the book. And, and the rest of the book is basically telling us, this is how you live as a living sacrifice. You are all in for others. I'm not always a fan of being all in for others. I like to go to the coffee shop and do my little quiet time and drink my coffee or go to the lake and get my little blankie and sit on the beach and do my quiet time. And, and, and I wish it was just about that. I wish it was just about retreats and going off into the woods. and be, That'd be awesome. But people are involved. People. And you're called to love them. And this is where the living sacrifices gets, that's like rubber meets the road, right here, all in and serving others. And, and Paul's, he, he's going to go there. So look and start with verse 3 here. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of of faith. So we're living in a community here. We're living in a church. If we're not careful, we can think of ourselves more highly than others. And yet Paul is trying to get us to have a sober assessment of ourselves. This is not easy. It's not easy for Americans to have a sober assessment of ourselves. We think really highly of ourselves. R.C. Sproul, the great uh, theologian, he, he tells a story a bit about an international mathematics test that included 10 countries. And there was two parts of the test. The first part was the actual math part of the test. And the second part of the test was a self-esteem portion part of the test where asked the students how they thought they did on the test. So 10 countries, all right? So which countries scored the greatest uh, on the math test? It, the Koreans did. They were the top, and yet their self-assessment, self-esteem on how they did on the test, they were at the very bottom. They did the best, but they didn't think they did the best. Now, Americans, <laughs> Americans thought, that they, they, this really happened, they finished last of the ticket. They finished last on the math test. But for self-esteem, they finished first. They thought, yes, we rocked it. That's how a lot of us show up to church. I'm here. I'm gifted. Let's go. And yet he's saying you've got to have a sober assessment of yourself. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but have this sober assessment according to the measure of faith that has been assigned to you so different people have different gifts and even the people that have the same gifts have to have a sober assessment of those gifts so for some of you you have the gift of leadership and some of you guys are great leaders and you're gifted that way but you shouldn't be an elder you just know being an elder knowing too much about what's going on in the church and having the authority of just it'll mess you up so you you, you know yourself you have the self-awareness you have a, a very general 
aspect of your mind, you know, okay, I can't, I can't do that, but you can still serve and lead in other ways. So he's trying to get us to think about ourselves, the way we're gifted, and yet sober assessment. And now he gets very specific on the diversity of gifts. Look at verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. All right? So you got this, you got this picture here. Just like a human body has many members, and the members function differently, so the body of Christ is diverse with a variety of gifts, and yet somehow we are still unified. So I want you to think about how the body of Christ here is diverse in gifts and unified, all right? So there's, there's this guy, uh, Ken Hughes. He's a pastor up in Wheaton. Uh, he gave a story about this concept of, of, of diversity when he was talking about his youth pastor. So his youth pastor did this. He was trying to talk about the diversity of gifts, okay? So what his youth pastor did is he took a football and he painted it with a really big eye. Just, not, I mean, an eyeball with a big pupil right in the middle. And he wrapped it, the football up, and he walked around and he said, Hey, what do you think about my baby? Hey, what do you think about my girlfriend? You think she's pretty? Can you imagine going on a date with my girlfriend and she's just one big eye staring at you? No, no, that's, that's, that's weird. That, that's awkward. That's, that's, not, that's, that's gross. That's, that's not the way it is. And that's the concept of the body. We're not just an eye. We're, we're different parts of the body with this diversity of gifts where people are different in their service to this church. And yet, we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. There's this unity uh, this one guy said that um, one time he, he broke his leg and the, the rest of his body stayed up all night to keep his leg company. That's a unity. I heard someone say this past week that they, they did terrible on, on an, an anatomy test and they did terrible because their brain knows all the parts of their body but their brain wouldn't tell them. That's the concept. We know what's going on. There, there is people that are gifted here, but we're not going to know unless you use your gifts. So we have diversity of gifts, and that this unity, all members of one body, and that's how we function. Now let's get specific. We're going to look at these seven different gifts. Now you know it's not just talking about seven gifts in the New Testament. We have a variety of gifts, but he's going to cover seven here this morning, and I want you to know this is a heart, it's mainly a focus on the heart of using these gifts rather than the gifts themselves, all right? So start with verse six. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. Now prophecy, there's a lot of deep studies on this, but prophecy could just be this spontaneous word from the Lord that is shared with the congregation for their encouragement and guidance and discernment. And many will debate whether this gift is, is here today. I'm not going to get into that. I do not think it's at the same revelation at the word at all. But the issue is the heart because it says, according to the portion of his faith. 
The temptation where you feel like you may have a word from the Lord is to show off, is to brag, as to just wave your gift in front of others and think that you're impressive. And yet it's supposed to be done in line with your faith to serve others and glorify God, not to be arrogant. Take it to the next level, verse 3, verse 7 and 8, all right? If service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So those who have the gift of service, they tend to be quick to practically serve others and may even fill in the office of deacon or deaconess. The one who teaches may have the gift to explain the word of God. They do. The one who exhorts has the gift to get others moving in the direction, obeying the word of God. But the focus here is not just on the gift, but the heart attitude and the perseverance in the gift. Because it says here, if service in our serving teaches in teaching, exhorts in exhortation. The idea is to keep doing what you're good at, to stay faithful, to stay in your lane, to keep going, to show up week after week, day after day, serving the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. You do understand these gifts are to build up the body of Christ, right? They're there not to make you look awesome. They're there to make God look awesome and to serve the body of Christ. This is about building up the body of Christ. And, and as we're talking real positive here about building up the body of Christ, I got to say something, right? This is just, this is just on my heart. In this past week, I just want you to know I love you. Yes, you're special to me and all that other stuff. I pray for you, blah, blah, blah. All right, so this is the deal. I met with someone this week, and they said, well, we had a, a great worship service, preaching and music. And right after the, the service is over, right when the benediction happened, a group right behind me, which is all gossiping, gossip, 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 gossip. And this person's like, did, did you even hear the sermon? Now, I'm sure that they were out-of-town visitors. <laughs> but just in case, we're here to build people up, not to tear them down, even behind their backs. Not acceptable. We're here to encourage one another, not to gossip about one another. All right, I love you. Verse 8. Verse 8. Or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So obviously all of us are to give financially, but some have a special gift of giving. Others have the gift of leadership. Others have the gift of mercy. But once again, don't just focus on the gift. Focus on the hard attitude. Once again, it says the one who contributes or he who gives, let him do with liberality or in generosity. The emphasis here is on those who give. Who We all should give, right? We all should be contributing to the work of the Lord. But there are those of you, whether you have a lot or have a little, just are, are pumped about it or excited about it, and, and you give aggressively, and you're, you're a, we all should be cheerful givers, but you especially are a cheerful giver, and, and you support the work of the church. And generally, this is just kind of the general rule. Uh, those who give to the church are often really supportive about the church. And those who don't give at all or who give very little, in my experience, have been the most grumpy, the most complaining. 
So uh, if you're really happy and supportive of this church, I'll know who you are. <laughs> no, I don't know who. I don't know who gives what, by the way. All right, I don't know these things. But just in general, you want to give with joy to the Lord, and, and some of you are really gifted at that. And it says the one who leads with diligence. Uh, it's been pointed out that those who often uh, lead uh, and have no one over them can tend to be lazy in their leadership because no one's over them. That's why he says he who leads lead with diligence. Uh, and this, it says the, lastly, it says the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, some, so many of you are gifted in acts of mercy, and you love to serve other people, especially those who are hurting. But, but if you're not careful, you can turn it into a martyr, right? You can you know, woe is me mentality because those who serve will, sometimes will feel like they're being taken advantage of. So don't turn it yourself into a martyr, woe is me. But to, but to continue to serve with acts of mercy, did you see it here? With cheerfulness. So you're showing mercy to those who are suffering and you're doing it with cheerfulness. All right. Based on what Christ has done for us, all in. All in following God. I'm going to step out. He will hold no matter what you're going through, all in. But also, as we're seeing through the rest of the book, all in and serving others. If you go to church here, if this is your church, let me encourage you to really serve, to be involved, to mix it up and use your gifts. There was a Lifeway poll out just last week that said two out of every three people in church don't do anything. I mean, they don't do anything. They don't serve anywhere. They, they attend, but they don't serve. And so I, I got a question for you, okay? If this is your last day here, or you leave here, what will we miss? And if you say, you'll miss my presence. No, that's not what we're talking about. What hole will be left because you're gone? We need to be involved in serving and stepping up and loving one another with mercy, with teaching, with giving, and on and on the gifts go. So where are you serving? And some of you will say, okay, well, where, where do I sign up? Where do I volunteer? Now, we'll, we'll do stuff like that in the fall with a ministry fair. In fact, next week, we're going to take a lot of volunteers to get set up for VBS. We've got to move stuff around before it starts. So we'll get there, okay. But every single person in here can start to jump in and serving right away. And the, one of the ways that you do that, you may not think this is connected, but it really is. You've got to jump into a small group because I guarantee you, when you get into a small group, you're going to see ways to serve because there's going to be people that are hurting there that need mercy. There's going to be people there that need you to give them a ride. There's going to be people there that need counsel and encouragement. There's going to be so many different ways to serve you. It will just blow your mind. So if you're thinking of, like, where can I serve? First start with your small group. Jump in there and see ways that you can serve one another. Because our brothers and sisters... We're just not here to take up space. We're just not here to pop in and audit the Sunday morning service. Thank you. Bless you. Pastor, I love you. Bye. No, we're here to be all in and following Christ. And part of that doesn't end with verses 1 and 2, Romans 12. It keeps going where we are all in and also serving others. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you.
for your mercy. We praise you that you have taken sinful humans such as ourselves and you've reconciled us to the Father through Jesus. We've experienced the power of the gospel. We've been justified, declared righteous. We've been redeemed from the pit of hell and the grips of Satan. We've been adopted. You are our Father through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And we, we praise you for his glorious resurrection and ascension. And one day we're going to see Christ face to face. Lord, help us in, in, in the midst of all your mercies right now to respond, to be a living sacrifice, to be all in, that you will hold, that we'll stop making excuses, we'll stop making ways and asterisks where we need to put some qualifications on what it means to follow you. May we be all in. And may you change our mind. May you transform our mind. May you make our mind think in line with your word and not in ways of this world. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us not to stop there, but to step out and serve. If someone needs a meal, we bring a meal. If someone needs a ride to church, we bring them to church. If someone needs us to talk to them and listen to them and pray with them, we'll do that. We're giving, we'll give. Leading, we'll lead. Lord, help us to step up and serve this body of Christ until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.